0: learn something new every day i am joan boyko coordinator of communications and community outreach for the palm springs unified school district we are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people programs projects and activities here in the district this show is produced by my dedicated team of student interns in the digital arts technology academy also known as data at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmer, Raymond Ruiz, and Cynthia Alvarez. Thank you all for what you've already started doing and will continue to do throughout the 22-23 school year. And today I am very pleased to welcome back our Executive Director of Student Learning, Mark Arnold. Welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: I think, uh, I think we had you on shortly after you took on this new position, but uh, for those who do not know you, how long have you been with Palm Springs Unified and in what capacities?
1: Um, I've been with the district for like 13 years now. <laughs> Um, There was a little, I was was gone from the district for for a little bit of time, but I was principal at Catherine Finchie, principal at Cabot Yerksa, then moved into the director of state and federal programs. And then this is my first year as executive director of student learning.
0: And, you know, that little blip you're talking about, you know, I guess you just thought the grass maybe was greener somewhere else and learned quickly it was not.
1: Yeah, I didn't necessarily think the grass was greener. I just... uh, you know, life took me in one direction and then I quickly recognized how good it was here and wanted to come back.
0: I hear you. And and it, that was our good fortune because we were sorry to live here to lose you the first time. And uh, I mean, that was after you were principal at Finchie. That school became a Blue Ribbon? School. Yeah, a national
1: Blue Ribbon school. So,
0: which is a very big deal. Um, and I think the only one we have in the district.
1: It is. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that was, um, I, that wasn't the only reason that we were sorry that you left. <laughs> an outstanding principal. And we were happy that we had an opening for you when you decided to come back. How long have you gone? Two years?
1: Three years. Three years. Three years.
0: Yeah. Or if, it went by quickly. I didn't think yeah. it was that long, but, um, and then you, so you were the principal at your So when you came back,
1: when I was, yeah, when I came back as principal at Yorkside, and really proud of the work that was we were able to do there as well. I mean, I was only there for basically a year and a half before I transitioned to state and federal, but I think in that year and a half we accomplished a lot of great things. And my assistant principal was very much hand in hand part of that. And then she she being Amber Gascoigne took over as principal and kind of kept that torch running.
0: Well, you guys have a long history together because she was your teacher at. Uh, Catherine Finchie, followed you to, you can say where you went. Where did you go?
1: Um, well, she was my teacher, Catherine Finchie. And then when I went up to Napa, I was in St. Helena. Napa. And she 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 followed me to St. Helena after my, my second year up there. And then kind of at the same time, we both kind of decided that we <laughs> missed Palm Springs and wanted to come back. And it all just kind of worked out.
0: It, it did. And she's doing a, a fabulous job over at Catholic York's a very innovative, I mean, like one of the few schools that I'm aware of at the elementary level that does like college days and career fairs and like, wow, at elementary, but we should be um, having our little ones think about going to college and that's how you do it.
1: Yeah, she's very, very hardworking and I think always thinking about what's in the best interest of the students and trying to focus and create plans that are going to make that happen.
0: All right. So, yeah, I've had Amber on the show before and I will have her back. We're not talking about her today, although we did, but that's okay because we both love her. So. All right. So uh, give us an overview of your department as the executive director of student learning, who and what do you oversee?
1: Um, So in this position, I oversee um, the directors that are in Ed Services, which is your director of elementary education. and and secondary education, um, the director of state and federal programs, and the director of assessment and data analysis. And then there are also some coordinators that I work with. A lot of the coordinators report directly to some of the directors, um, but um, some of the coordinators are reporting directly to me. We have a new one in um, English Learner Programs with Robin Hinchcliffe, so she's reporting to me right now. And then Eddie Rivera as the um, online technology coordinator um, is also reporting to me because this has been a year that we've really had to do a lot of um, expanding of programs and creation of programs to address all the students.
0: And by the time this airs, maybe we're gonna have a director of extended learning
1: Correct, yes.
0: Um, and, and will that person be reporting to you also? They will report to me, yep. yeah. Yeah, and, and why don't we um we had Dr. Kovach on last week and we touched a little bit upon that position, but I let's talk a little bit more about that because that's really important. And it was uh it's a it's um expanded learning is a grant funded from the state, right? And really came out of uh, the needs of our kids due to COVID and, um, and kind of some gaps. So give us a kind of, and I know it's evolving and we're not going to open the doors in August and all of a sudden there's going to be, you know, 80 programs, but explain what the goal is and and where we're going with that.
1: Well, the goal earliest is, is, I mean, it's to be able to provide interventions to more students and also enrichment opportunities to more students. And within that, with the expanded learning funds, we're basically expanding um, all students' access to the day to make it a nine hour day. Um, So students could be on campus for nine hours during um, the the school day. So, and I think, you know, with the current ACES program, there are certain Criteria that we have to meet, we have a little more freedom with the expanded learning so a kid could like let's say we're trying to get them kind of. To feel more part of the community at the school if they really are only thing that they were interested in was when we're offering i'm just going to throw out an idea like. a hockey program after school for a period of time if that's all that they wanted to participate in that's okay for them so it's, it's really about providing interventions and enrichment opportunities to kids tk through six is a, is, a, is a grant, but then we're all, we as a district are gonna expand that to eighth grade. And as long as we're meeting the needs and the criteria that are involved in TK through six, we can continue to expand that if we wanted to into the high school age group as well. Um, it's just, you know, you know for, for some of our young kids now, you know, TK, um, they're gonna be on campus, they're gonna have an opportunity to be on campus for a nine hour day. Um, and the staffing ratio is, is small. So we'd have, we have one adult to every 10 students in T Wow. Yeah. So is
0: this in addition to ACES or instead of?
1: It's in addition to ACES. So ACES will still be in place. Um, and ACES has a set of criteria that are very much established around it. So that will kind of be in place. And then, you know, as you kind of mentioned, it's a work in progress. So probably initially, we will expand some of those opportunities to kids that may right now might be on a waiting list. Kind of some of the Aces program via the Think Together, which is a provider for our Aces program right now. Um, but I think we long term we really want to be thinking about really what are what's going to target some of the needs of our students as far as intervention and what's really going to get kids excited and bought into school and feeling a part of that school community. And that's where the enrichment activities come in, that really we're looking at what are families and kids wanting to participate in, providing them those opportunities.
0: And what there'll be programs on every campus, um, every elementary and middle campus, like the parents aren't gonna have to worry about taking their students somewhere else.
1: No, there'll be a program on every single campus. Um, and then uh, along with this grant, Besides extending the school day, we also need to offer 30 intersession opportunities of nine hours in length. Okay, so that could be during winter break, that could be during summer break, spring break. We need to give it could be Saturday school, but it can't be, we have to an additional 30 day 30 days of, of nine hour opportunities.
0: Oh, 30 days. I thought you said 30 programs. I'm like, oh, how yeah. are you gonna do that? Okay, 30 days. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is. This is great because, I mean, there's, let's face it, you know, when I talked to Dr. Kovacs about this last week too, um, there was, uh, we're all grateful to uh, the staff that we have and the fact that all our teachers stepped up and got the training that they needed so that they could provide distance learning. And for some of them, it was a really challenging because a lot of teachers, didn't have that much technology experience, nor were they really wanting it. I mean, just kind of like, I'm fine, you know, that's okay. And this came along, and they had to do it. And they did. And, um, you know, with very few exceptions, they did it well, as well as they could. And still in all, our kids have been left with a lot of boys, due to distance learning, which is not optimal for most kids, and the um, isolation. So this expanded learning opportunities will be a blessing for a a lot of our kids. Yeah, no, it's a very exciting opportunity, I think, because again, I think we're able to create structures within our own school system that we
1: know are gonna be, that we hope, and then we'll we'll track the data, but we are gonna plan to really address our student needs. And then, like I said, I think, um, The enrichment opportunities that we're able to provide and open up to any kid, whether that be a sports activity or music activity or dance or theater, whatever it happens to be, we can provide a lot of opportunities that again. um, Kind of increasing that sense of belonging to school when they find something that they're very passionate about.
0: That's really great. Um, So. Talk about what it was like in, in your world during the pandemic. And, you know, you took over in this position during, in the, in the midst of it all. And I know that, and then unfortunately, you know, we, it was horrible. We lost our director of state and federal programs. He passed away very suddenly. So I think you got that back for a while like well, uh, maybe still doing it and like that wasn't <laughs> that's you planned so I uh, you're like Mark I would say you are the consummate example of um like you know the poster child let's say for what a lot of our especially in ed services staff had to do during the pandemic which was not necessarily what their job is on paper. Uh, yeah. So like kind of give us an overview. Like I know you like immediately stepped in for, to do staff development to get the teachers ready for this.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that was kind of, I mean, I was still in the director of state federal programs when the pandemic began. So just with that being in that position itself, with all the additional funds that have come through from federal and state, that required a lot of additional plans about how we're gonna use those funds. So that position in and of itself um, became, <laughs> a, became a challenge. But um, then along with that, like when we we had that immediate need to provide staff professional development on how to effectively um, instruct students via the, the online program and using Zoom. And for as you mentioned, I mean, for a lot of our staff that was new to them. Um, and so it was a big learning curve, but as you also said, I think the majority of our staff embraced it and took it on. And and I think obviously that was not the best case scenario. But now I think our our staff technology skills advanced you know very exponentially over that time oh, yeah. because there was uh, just it, it, you were forced to do it. So um, and then in this program, you know, I think coming in um, at the beginning of or in this position coming in at the beginning of the year, we had you know, just we had planned, we had sent out a survey saying how many kids thought they might be in or families might be interested in distance learning. And then once the year began, there was a lot more students that wanted an online learning program. So we really had to create some different programs. One of those being the Virtual Learning Academy. And one of those really being an additional independent study program. Um, But you know, and that those numbers of kids involved, they fluctuated consistently. And when we were seeing things in the when the pandemic was spiking then we get more kids that wanted to be involved so it, it's been a act.
0: yeah no kidding and i was gonna as you were talking that popped into my head i didn't mention it yet but that was huge i mean and like we didn't know what that was going to be like whether we would have you know a, you know 100 200 and at one time wasn't it like 800
1: i think we were up to about eight hundred.
0: Yeah, of parents that just were not comfortable uh, to send their kids back to to in-person instruction, and so we like you, you know had to work quickly and not just try to throw something together, but something that was going to be meaningful. And um, you and your team did that, so um, kudos. Um, so is that and that was required. Um, the, the state legislature required that every school district provide an opportunity for kids to continue in distance learning um, because of the, the pandemic was still going on and it's not totally gone. I doubt, and I'm sure you agree, it will ever totally be gone, but now we're in the, the endemic stage and kind of like the flu and it's manageable. Is that legislation still in place or is that done?
1: Um, maybe 130 is still in place, but kind of some of the requirements seem to be shifting a little bit. Um, so like, if I don't want to speak because it's not fully um, fully uh, approved at this point, but it does look like possibly, like we won't have to require or offer it to every single student that requested. If we have a program in place that's at capacity, then they'll be put on a wait list and we won't have to create additional programs some of those
0: meetings. and we do have uh, it's not full distance learning the kids have to come um for a couple times a week but we do have our desert learning academy and that is kind of like i mean it's almost all online right yeah so the desert learning
1: academy and i think over while the pandemic was in place some of those they could come on campus if they wanted to to meet directly with their teacher. But during the pandemic, we really were allowing them to do those as virtual meetings as well. So it could be fully online. And then the other program, as I, I talked about it earlier, but the virtual learning program, which we implemented K-6 this past year, that actually was a huge success. Wow. Um, parents that were very excited. And, and I think it was really um, meeting kids' needs. I mean, because basically they were working directly with the teacher. Um, so, That will be a program that we maintain going ahead moving forward to next year
0: and is that like one class at each grade level or like what does that look like
1: yeah i mean we we the the numbers were increasing over the course of the school year so we did add two classes at first grade but the rest of the classes just had one section in them um but again it was uh we we were seeing really good results Um, some staffing was another challenge and so we were just fortunate to find teachers kind of as as the need was was um kind of showing its head we kind of were able to you know add an initial first grade teacher expand it to sixth grade because we we're seeing that need and um, just excited about the, the success that we have so a nice job
0: so this is really not um that program the people the kids who are left in it now and who will continue in it it's it's not about covid and being afraid to interact, um, it's because those kids actually do thrive in that environment.
1: That yeah, right? I mean, I think probably we're still seeing a little bit of COVID impact of the of our numbers, but I think, you know, as you said, I think there are parents that were very happy with the program and want to maintain in that program. Um, and, it, and it does allow, you know, possibly if their kid is traveling or something along those lines, for whatever reason, allows to kind of always have access to that program.
0: And, you know, so that's one of these things I've talked about it with almost everyone I've had on the show in the last few months of silver linings and things that we've discovered out of necessity, but um, that actually we can carry into the future. And this type of program was something that I know our last superintendent, um, Dr. Lyon was very enthusiastic about us trying. And this kind of stepped us up to try it more quickly.
1: It did, We and I, I mean, I will say even prior to the pandemic, I was involved in some discussions in trying to plan out this program. Um, And then we, you know, with the pandemic, we were kind of forced into really getting yeah. it up and going. Um, So I think again, you know, we were really pleased with the program, but I think as we move forward, we'll continue to make modifications and, and to ensure that it's really targeting our student needs as much as possible.
0: I would imagine that there's some kids that, you know, kind of, I mean, if they're kids who are um, wired a little differently in that they actually can zoom forward more quickly because they, they work well independently. And yes, the connection, they need the connection with their teacher and take all the assessments and all of that, but that they can actually move more quickly. And in this environment, they're able to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um even with the surveys that we had after the pandemic, you know, when all the kids were on distance learning, you know, we had parents that were very much communicating directly to us that for the most of the kids, it wasn't like the ideal model, but there were kids that really it was a model that worked well for them. So they wanted to see that opportunity or that, that option as they moved forward.
0: I would imagine too. There's a lot of kids that have social anxiety. And, you know, this is. They, they can do way better this way because they don't have that kind of pressure that, you know, that they're, they can focus on their academic work because they're not worried about, you know, if they have a pimple on their face or, you know, like that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, I think there's, there's kids that, you know, they appreciate being at home. They appreciate kind of the pacing of it. Um, and so I, I think, like I said, it, it, it's a program that has shown to work really well this year.
0: So what are you excited about for the 22, 23 school year? Um, again, I think we just we continue you know, um, to,
1: to try to focus on kind of systematic rollouts of different programs to make sure that when we offer offering some things over the course of the school year that every kid is providing, provided that access, regardless of what site they are. Um, so we're looking at things, you know, I think last this past year we rolled out multi-tiered systems of support really identifying tier one strategies. We're now trying to move that into tier two. But again, if there are programs that are being successful, we wanna make sure that they're available to all students across the district. Um, We've talked some, we've done some professional development around universal design lessons um, and universal universal design learning. So that's another piece that will continue to roll out over the next two years. Um, we're looking at some different um, secondary math professional development options that I professional development opportunities that I think are going to be exciting and really going to help us to meet the needs of our students.
0: I talked to about UDL with, uh, I think it was a, one of our new principals, you know, one, everything rolls into everything else, so I don't really <laughs> remember, but I know it came up and I really, I've been hearing about this training all year without really understanding what it is. I just hear about it. Oh, there's a session, I, you know, UDL. And I didn't know what it was. Is it is it the concept about like getting the kids more involved in actually teaching or in collaboration? Or like um, explain what's the
1: Yeah, it's a framework really focused on working to optimize teaching and learning within the classroom. And so Instead of kind of, I think, you know, if we look at when I was a student all those years ago. I mean, it was pretty much a one size fits all um, strategy that when, you know, some people, some kids got it, some kids didn't get it. And the thing here is we're really trying to think about how can we reduce barriers that will allow all kids to have equal access to that material. So it's looking at multiple means of engagement. How do we get kids excited about it? And that might be different for you than it is for me. Okay. It might be providing multiple means of representation. So when we're giving the material, it's not just like we're saying every kid needs to read it. If that's not the task at hand and it's more about do they understand the material, then they can listen to it digital electronically. They can have somebody read it to them because we're not focusing on the reading as a strategy. We're focusing on understanding of the content and then multiple means of showing that they, um, understand it and that their multiple means of action ex- expression is the actual terms but it's it's how can they show that they that they have mastered that content? So you know if it's if it's we're learning about a science concept and my end assignment is writing a paper, well that's not just judging the understanding of the science concept that's also judging their writing ability. So it's trying to make modifications so that we're really assessing kids so, so that we clearly understand the knowledge that they have.
0: It, it's interesting and it is a, it is an evolution because it's a, it's different um because you're right like it's it's kind of always been like you you teach to the masses and then if they need extra help then you know we'll, we'll set you up with somebody or bring in an aid or whatever but this is like you know a, a universal design lesson so yeah. it um. Is this something that like are, are teachers embracing this?
1: Yeah. So I mean, right now I, I'll say I think we're we're doing it as a slow rollout. So as far as teachers this year, they pretty much just had the opportunity to participate in voluntary opportunities over intercession, um, and just to get some baseline knowledge. So I would say, you know, we uh, we had just over three hundred of our teachers that participate in those things, which is a, is I was very pleased at that. Yeah, point. yeah especially
0: so. since it was optional. Yeah.
1: Yep, and then, um, and then our principals went, our and our administrators went through training on their own, and then our TOSAs, our teachers on special assignment, who will really be an, uh, integral part of how this moves forward and providing this professional development. Right now we're working with consultants, but eventually they'll kind of take over the leadership on it. So the TOSA's has actually got the most extensive training this year. And then we really have like, you know, what's going to happen next year to kind of support that. So if I went as a teacher and I learned some of the basics, how can I improve and, and still improve over the next couple of years? But um, it's really, like I said, it's kind of a slow rollout so that, you know, we're getting some of the teachers that are buying in right off the bat and excited about it and then just continue to, to kind of progress over the next two years.
0: It almost sounded to me as you were describing it that it's kind of like along the lines of critical thinking that, you know, it's not as important that you get the right answer the way I tell you to get the right answer. It's more important to show your work and the thought process that went into it. And that's why like when you go into classrooms now, like an elementary class and it's math, and I saw this during the Lucy lessons, like it was to me a simple math problem where you just write, you know, the way I did it. Uh And there was like four or five different ways that these kids were getting the same answer and all of them were fine.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great, I mean, cause I think, you know, we say UDL and it's definitely a framework that we're really looking on but I think a lot of the work that we currently have been doing is very directly tied into kind of the principles around UDL. So you kind of mentioned math. So we've been working with the high impact math consultants for um, going on five years next year um, and really kind of working on some of those really building off the of student's thinking and having them support their answers or verbally and all those things so a lot of what we've been doing ties directly so it's not like teachers have to think oh my gosh this is a whole nother thing because a lot of what we're doing does work does tie into the UDL principles.
0: That's great and it's and it sounds like it's it's kind of uh, it's an evolution another one and it's
1: education
0: yeah exactly. (laughs) And, you know, and you always, I want everything to be better. And if we can improve in the ways that we deliver instruction to our kids so that it becomes more engaging for them, and it also, like, lets them know that sometimes it doesn't have to be so prescriptive, that there's only one way to get get to the answer, as long as you can show what you were thinking, and how you, you got there, it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think it's, 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 it's also just about the teachers really thinking, like, I have this lesson, and what barriers might I anticipate that some of my kids are going to struggle with, and then how can I put things into my lesson to, to mediate some of that, and I think it's even, like, as teachers, you know, so if I, I did a lesson this year, and I, I have had some struggles. How do I modify that when I look ahead to the following year to make sure that I'm reducing as many barriers as possible?
0: It almost sounds like the opposite of what open court was when I first came into the district. And you probably didn't hear this story, but I had no idea what it was. I'm in my first principals meeting and they're talking about all the problems with open court. And I whispered to the deputy superintendent at the time and I said, when does the court meet? Because I, uh, it sounded like they are just bitching about open court, you know, and they were. But I thought it was a, I didn't know it was a curriculum because I, what they were complaining about was that it was so prescriptive that it didn't give teachers any kind of freedom to to do anything different than what it said in the book. This is how you have to do. it. You
1: know? Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's. You're right. That is kind of the antithesis to where we're going with this. It. So it's. It's a. Uh, you know. UDL, we're we're looking at how do I, how can I modify lessons to best. And so what I'm doing as a teacher, Mike, because my the kids I'm working with might be different than what you would be doing as a teacher.
0: Amen. Mark, you're wonderful. We're very grateful to have you in the position you're in or whatever else you choose in the future (laughs) because you can just do anything so thanks for being here we'll have you back really soon thanks for joining us if you learn something new every day a new podcast is uploaded each week please subscribe by going to itunes look for you learn something new press subscribe please tell all your friends to do the same thanks for listening thanks again mark and we will see you next week